Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show is a from-the-field podcast that takes you to those places where you have those mastermind conversations and aha moments, which move you closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Sometimes you may hear a bird chirping, a car driving by, ambient conversational noise from the next table. We don't do this from a $25,000 deluxe Hollywood soundproof studio because that's not where the magic happens. It happens when you place yourself in those situations where you're going to meet people and get hands-on with situations that are going to give you some of your most profound discoveries. So the Business Creators Radio Show, we create or recreate that for you. Today, we're going to have ourselves a very interesting conversation with somebody I've been chatting with here in the in the green room here for a moment. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about his background. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what he's doing. And then we're going to hear a lot from him. His name is John Filippo Floridia. And he is a former theater actor turned freelancer turned business owner. He started his marketing journey in 2005, which is actually right around the time I did. And dropped his high-paying job. Well, I dropped a job. I wouldn't call it high-paying to become a freelancer. Well, kind of what I did. He moved to London without any guaranteed job or even money to fly home. Didn't do that, although I did get out of my parents' house in a big hurry. Um, his daily mantra, today is a great day to find a job, helped shape his mindset of looking for good opportunities in the United Kingdom. Things got better with his hard work, grit, and perseverance. He became one of the most sought-after freelancers of several London design firms. With his skills and experience, he founded Floridia Creative, a digital marketing agency based in Zurich, Switzerland. His company has been helping different brands with their social media marketing, web design, Google brands, and rebranding. He worked with several brands in Switzerland, like UBS, Bear, and Swiss Hotel Hotels and Resorts. And we're going to have a conversation about digital marketing, and part of it's going to be about how to opening your business's second brand. This is a particular interest to me because I'm constantly working on new brands. I'm testing things in the marketplace before I evolve them into brands. I'm on the edge of my seat ready for this one. And you as the listeners are going to love this too. John Filippo Floridia, come on in. The weather's fine. Wow. Thank you a lot, Adam. That was such an introduction. I, I never... I don't think I ever had such a great introduction in uh, in uh, all the speech I did. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And once again, you you said like we were speaking before. You 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 said my name perfectly, Gianfilippo Floridian. That's uh, not for every 
not for every for everyone so i as you as you said and as your your people will listen my accent says everything i'm originally italian and um i was born in uh, in switzerland but i grew up in a little town in in sicily so okay. i i bring with me my little accent from from down there <laughs> very good very good so speaking of uh, your journey I read off the official version of your bio. So impressive. I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here in your presence. And this is my show. But what we like to do is go a little bit deeper before we get into the, the content for our listeners. And tell us a bit, if you would, tell us something about what has inspired you along your journey as you have made that trek toward where <laughs> you are today, serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Of course. I mean, it's um, actually, actually everything started uh, when I was a kid. I always loved to design and sketch and create new ideas and so on. But in the meantime, I wasn't very, very good at school. So, yeah. and that's one of the reasons I dropped with just 17 because probably I was just, just bored. I mean, it's, uh, it's funny because all my teachers, they were saying, hey, John, your little sketches everywhere on every book and everything, it will not bring you anywhere. So be careful what you're doing. So I dropped the school at 17. I started, I started to look for a job and I found the first job on a, on a, um, on a newspaper where uh, slowly they realized that I was uh, pretty creative and uh, they, they gave me some, some little uh, sketches or some, I had a column on this, on this newspaper and started to design. From there, long story short, I, I went to a design school in Zurich. At the time I was living in Zurich. And even there, very quick, maybe it was my Sicilian blood. You know, growing in Sicily, you have to be a little bit street style or street smart, let's say like yeah. this. Uh, I started this design school and uh, I, I, pretty, I realized pretty quick that I said, okay, I need to study here four years for doing what? Doing a portfolio. So what I did, I created my portfolio in the first six, seven months. I presented an agency and the agency just hired me as a designer. And uh, then uh, everything moved so quick and so crazy that... At that time, um, I decided to, to move to London. I didn't have anything because, of course, I mean, it's, uh, it was small money. I moved to London and in London, I literally, I, I didn't have nothing, nothing. Nobody wanted to, to work with somebody that barely could speak English didn't have any any culture of English design and so on. And it was it was at the beginning kind of a disaster until I didn't really didn't have any money to go back home, any money to stay there. And finally, I don't know how how it happened. Yeah, thanks to the mantra that you said before. I started to wake up every morning and say, hey, today is a great day to find a job. And this was my mantra for maybe months or two and uh, suddenly somebody called me and said listen we need you and uh, come over we need some 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 design and it started like this and and to finish this it was funny because these guys they even told me uh listen i would you be ready to work even in the night 
And since I didn't have anything to do and I really wanted to work, I said, hey, guys, of course, I mean, I can, I can work 24 hours. I mean, I don't care. So I really signed this contract. I could never imagine that ad, that agency at that time was calling me almost every second day at four or three, four o'clock in the morning because we had to finish some very important presentation. And from then, you know, from there, it, it was a great, great escalation. Started to work with very big companies in uh, design agencies in London, and uh, and and then at one point I realized, wow, okay, maybe it's time to go back to Switzerland. And it was 2005 when I came back. I came back with some clients, and I came back in Switzerland, kind of a, with my little victory where I opened uh-huh. my my agency that today is still working. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what I want to dive into here is, first of all, let's define our terms. And this is going to sound like the most trite question in the world, but I love defining terms because so many folks have different definitions of it. How do you define the term digital marketing? What does that mean to you? (laughs) Digital marketing for me is something very old. And it's funny because it is old. And I will tell you at the end of this great question, actually. You know, it's uh, uh, digital marketing. It's for me is the art of you know showing your product or your project to somebody. And you know, it's when I when I think on digital marketing, and for me, it's uh, I remember the market, the mercato in it, in Italy. You know, where the people were selling, people meets, people has value, and this is all all in marketing. It's a, it's an exchange of value and trying to uh, show the the product to somebody else and sell the products to somebody else through the marketing. And digital marketing, once again, old. Why old? Of course, it's a provocation, because at the beginning it was everything was marketing. There was uh, radio ads, it was billboards, there were everywhere was kind of a marketing. And then it came the area of the digital. Somebody put the digital because it was suddenly came the uh, Google, it came the apps, it came web design. But now this is something that is now and is happening all the time. And all these uh, apps and all this platform, they're already there for, for a while. So old because we should change it again. We shouldn't call digital marketing. We should call marketing because nowadays is how you present your products is through marketing. And if you do in a, in a digital way, yes, this is, the, this is the digital marketing. I would say digital marketing should be, should be called now marketing. And maybe we can call the other marketing before just classic marketing, you know, like... Uh, so yeah, in, in short for me is uh, what digital marketing is, is the art to show your product in a, let's say, in a little bit modern way, in a digital way. You know, it's, a, it's interesting you bring that up where you call digital marketing old and you suggest we just <laughs> call it marketing. We're at the point now where I've been living in Las Vegas for almost nine years. The day I arrived after driving cross country and after having a few weeks earlier shipped most of my possessions ahead of me was November 8th, 2013. I remember that day. It was a Friday. I'd just driven three days. I'd gotten in very late the night before. So I got a hotel room the last night. And then that Friday morning, 
I went to the management office for the duplex I'd already rented. I just needed to pick up the keys, got to the duplex, mm -hmm. called the place where all my stuff I'd shipped in was being stored, had it brought over. Then I went to the grocery store, actually filled my refrigerator. Oh, I know. It's weird, right? There's actually enough in there to prepare meals. Wow. I looked around. I saw I had no furniture because I donated it all before I moved. So I went to... So actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of sequence here slightly. But uh, later on that night, what happened is I didn't have any furniture in the place. So I had this inflatable mattress I brought with me that I'd owned for several years already. And I'm thinking, okay, this inflatable mattress will get me through a couple of days. I shipped ahead my television and my DVD player so that I could watch. I mean, what would be the most fitting movie to watch on your first night living in Las Vegas? Casino. We weren't wow. even through the first. <laughs> we weren't even through the first monologue, and I had my six-month-old kittens, Princess Alessandra and Princess Stella, who had never seen an inflatable mattress before. We weren't even through the opening monologue of the movie Casino and already. Fortunately, earlier that day, I had gone to a local furniture store and ordered a bedroom set, a living room set, a dining room table, and a few other things. See, rather than ship my old furniture, which would have cost about the same amount of money to do, I just donated it locally, figured I'd buy new stuff. But anyway... How did I find that furniture store? I pulled up, uh, I, I went to that yellow page was sitting on my couch. No, no, I took out my smartphone, opened up the Chrome browser, and typed my zip code, 89128. Everybody knows that. 89128 Furniture Store. Gave me a list, looked at the ratings, found the one I like most, went there first. They had what I needed. I placed an order. We did business. So later on that night, my mattress is deflated. I'm going to be sleeping on the hard floor. The only piece of furniture I have in there other than that deflated mattress for the moment is a folding chair. Because my new furniture is not arriving until the next day. And the next day, believe it was great, but it was still next day. So I'm thinking, this is going to be a rough one here. What can I do? It's 7.30 at night. Pulled out my smartphone again. I typed cigar lounge, 89128, let's go. I added let's go just to be trite. And turns out there was a, actually a very nice cigar lounge about three-fourths of a mile from me. Fifteen minutes later, I was in there in one of their deluxe chairs uh, lighting up a VSG. Now, what just happened? Furniture store, cigar lounge. I searched globally to find locally. Furniture store was 10 minutes away. The cigar shop was technically within walking distance if I was feeling athletic that day. But I went to the internet to find things that were in my own backyard. Of course. So I think so. So I'm thinking of this story. It just came to the top of my consciousness when you shared the part about how digital marketing is actually an old term, and we should just be calling it marketing. Of course, because nowadays uh, is everything is marketing. You know, it's it's um, it's funny because. Um, uh, there is many terminology around marketing. In the end, is everything so so simple because you see, you you were looking for something. You you took your phone. You you look your for your chair, for your furniture, and so on. 
But it's funny because nowadays there is so many people when they speak about marketing, especially digital marketing, many people, they confuse the digital marketing, confusing with all this terminology, SEO, CT, CTA, CTR, and all this difficult terminology. But in the end, if you think digital marketing, it's, it's the, you, you have to think like, it's it's the soul of your product what you want to share what you want to sell you want to sell furniture so you have to bring it all the soul all the story about your furniture in uh, in a way that's uh, nowadays of course google google it's the algorithm of google is super intelligent in a way that people can find it in simple words so you have to you have to speak on Google uh, on on digital marketing really in a simple in a simple way so that uh, a, a person like like you did. I mean, at one point you were looking for a, for a, um, for a cigar lounge around the corner. Boom, you found it and go and you know like somebody put the right right keywords there so to let you enjoy the the cigar lounge over there. Correct. Correct. So I want to sort of jump ahead here and get to the core of what we're going to be talking about today, John. Uh, you mentioned that what you wanted to share with us in part was how you helped a client of yours, or maybe it was your own business, open a second brand using digital marketing, yeah. which we're going to call marketing. So tell us how digital, excuse me, marketing, see, I'm going to break myself of the habit helped an existing company create a second brand? I'm going to ask that very broadly because this is something I'm very curious about. Actually, actually, it's, uh, this is a very, very interesting, very interesting case. This was uh, a guy that um, when, when he contacted us, uh, I, I just fall in love with his case because uh, he's the same, same age like me, the same situation coming coming from from Italy living here in Switzerland and at one point he was kind of kind of bored about doing the same job for so many years and he told me look I bought a company and uh, it's a 60 years old company I don't know anything about marketing I know how to do my job but I don't know how to bring uh, this this company to to the next level so for for us was kind of a challenge so for each client, we we really studied with the entire with the entire team. We sit together. We studied the 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 story about about the company, how it grew, what they do, and so on. Trying to really deeply understand what uh, what this company was doing. They are uh, they are doing uh, air conditioning system and uh, plumbing, all this kind of construction construction uh, jobs. And for us, it was even a challenging because we never had a client like this. Actually, it was even not such a huge client like other that we are working with. So the challenge, as you can understand, was, was even, uh, even, uh, even greater. So the first thing what, what we did is really to... Um, how can I say to to find um, to find what is the right the right market for uh, for this company? And suddenly we realized that this company didn't have, of course, sixty years old, didn't have any any presence on social media, no communication at all, no promotional material, nothing, really, nothing, nothing. This guy even 
before us uh, hire another agency which tried to make a, a logo uh, brand design but they they confused uh, they confused even more so it's uh, but how exactly we did it we try to we try to understand who were really the decision maker of the, of uh, of you know the the clients the clients that is going to is going to is going to pay for for it so and we figure out that um, uh, architects they would be the best clients for uh, for this company so yeah. the next step what we did we took uh, around I think there were around 300. We we select 300 of the best architects all around the area where he was, um, where the the first the first office was, and we started to uh, to create you know a buyer's journey. So we create an email campaign with a buyer journey, which was the awareness. You know, we we had to create the awareness, like uh, yeah. Do, May, may I have this problem? Then the consideration, you know, if they are looking for a solution and then in the end, the decision. So we create all this email campaign where uh, then we, uh, we, we put it in a funnel and we started to contact all, uh, all these people. And, uh, you know, the first step was the showing the, the no of the company showing that this guy it's uh, both this uh, this company but we are uh, now the company is completely new is modern and so on and then uh, you know out out to this we 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 got then we got slowly um, we got slowly the the trust of this uh, all this uh, all these architects long story short the results was that with a right, uh, the right uh, kind of emails, we reach a 40, almost 45% opening rates of, this, uh, of, of those emails when the industry average here in Switzerland for this kind of emails is maximum 20, 25%. So it's, it, was, it was a big success, thanks the thanks first the email campaign but yeah. even because we found this right uh, right people then of course we worked on all um, on all the the brand we had to redesign completely everything from the car from the business cards from the anything uh -huh. that's possible uh, we we redesign completely completely everything and we had to uh, step you know, doing everything much faster because he didn't have lots of time because he already launched the company. The company wasn't ranking like he should online. Nobody was founding him. So the next step that we did, we, in a, in a record time, we managed to meet him in half day. We did a photo shooting. We did a video, uh, little videos, funny videos. And, and then I tell you later, through LinkedIn, we play some some crazy videos uh, yeah. that you shouldn't you shouldn't do here in in Switzerland, but we did. So we create kind of funny videos like TikTok style or something yeah. like this. Something that's a construction company of this level, like sixty years old construction company. They don't come with a TikTok video on LinkedIn like TikTok style with uh, emoji or all this stuff. 
And all this brings kind of, uh, kind of really um, uh, something, something different, and especially, especially because we used as a platform, I don't know in, in US how LinkedIn, how strong it is, but in, it's, it's uh, in, pretty big. Uh, in Europe, pretty big deal. yeah, okay, yeah. because in Europe, in Europe, and especially in Switzerland, is getting stronger and stronger. And uh, but people are very polite. Let's say in Switzerland, in Zurich, the German part of Switzerland, people are super polite. So they're using they're using the platform LinkedIn. Like, hey, this is a business platform. Let's let's present my resume. Uh, let's present the, our our business, but in a you know, in a, in a relegant. So we came on, on this platform, LinkedIn, with ideas, very crazy ideas. We, we just came with, with those videos. And I don't know, I have, I have in my mind as an idea, like, imagine you go to, to a gala where everybody is with a tuxedo and, uh, and you go wearing like a pank. <laughs> so it's it's what we did with with him on LinkedIn. We we just really put everything upside down, and uh, the the results was 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 great. I mean, it's uh, they got they got numbers, crazy numbers. I mean, it's um, like we got we got up to fifteen thousand impression in less than two months. So, which here in a small country like Switzerland, it's it's a very very big number. So it's uh, more kind of uh, this way, like I would call it in a in a in a guerrilla in a guerrilla style, uh, where usually people act in a, in an elegant way. We we came in and we brought this uh, this new this new phase of this company which is not now 60 years old anymore but it's uh, it's a young young and successful company what it happened is that suddenly uh, it came even some some bad news like the company uh, the homepage was not ranking very well we didn't understand what's 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 happening the social media was really on the top but the homepage was not founding we figure out that that the on page unfortunately wasn't done in the right way, but we managed to to correct it as soon as possible. And then suddenly, even a negative review came on uh, on LinkedIn, which is it was kind of little. I don't know what's what's going. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to say competitors or whatever. Somebody starting to say uh negative reviews but even this uh, this situation we tried to count the client and we we came up with an idea to reply um to reply in a very polite way and uh reply to the to this person and in the end say listen um you are even not one of our clients but if you wanna if you wanna speak why not blah 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 anyway long story short we managed to put everything upside down, thanks all the digital marketing, everything upside down, and he got even a new uh, a new job, a new client through this negative uh, review, which this client got got in love with the answer and say, "Hey, I I need you because you are you are speaking people to people, and I really love how you you replied." From this one, we realized that this kind of uh, this kind of clients they could be 
the new potential clients. So we discovered one little town close to Zurich where there is many, uh, many villas, many potential private clients. And together with the clients, we decided to open the second branch in that in that place. And this is gonna be is gonna happen pretty pretty soon. And uh, I'm pretty sure very very successful. Yeah, this is this is all really really good. Now, what I want to be clear on is we're talking about a second brand we created when there was an existing brand there. And I loved how you went through all the practical steps of starting basically from the beginning and using marketing on mm-hmm. a digital platform to make this happen. Uh, I've noticed, and this is actually something that I've struggled with from time to time. I myself have a couple of different brands out there. And how do you avoid getting them confused? So let's say, uh, for example, let's say that uh, you are simultaneously in the marketing business and you're also a personal trainer and you want to <laughs> and you want to promote yourself as being both. So you have your social media channels, you have your mailing list, you have everything you need and you're simultaneously uh, a marketing leader and you're a personal trainer. How do you promote both businesses without looking scattered? <laughs> okay no the 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 case that we had is the same is the same company opening a second branch but okay. in this case actually actually we have something in house because in uh, in 2015 we open we open a completely different uh, completely different business we invested in some in some linen fabrics uh, production and this is very interesting what you said because we managed even here to create two different marketing for two different uh, for two different companies. For example, the company of uh, Floridia, the Floridia Creative, which was doing all the marketing first for the Floridia Creative, plus for all the clients of Floridia Creative, Floridia Creative, sorry, and even the marketing for another for another business next to it. I think, uh, I think, first of all, you need a team. I mean, we are a team of nine and uh, we meet twice, uh, twice a week. We are all working remotely, but we meet on Zoom twice a week and we discuss all the team and all the, all the jobs to do. And um, at one point, you know, you have to switch on something and switch off something else. I mean, you have to focus first on one project, finish the task on that, on that project, and then force yourself on switch it off and working on, the, on, on several other things. Um, I, don't, um, I don't think it's, uh, it's something impossible. I think it's something that if you have the right team, it's, uh, it's easy to do. Right now, we are working with six different clients, and for all of them, we are doing a different, different marketing, different strategies, and so on. So it's it is possible if you have the right team on your side, and if you if you can delegate, and uh, you know, and it is it is easy to do. Not easy. There is a, it's a hard job to do, but it's uh, it's doable. Why not? Wow. All right. So here's another uh, relative question here let's say somebody was in one business Mm -hmm. they decide that they want to move into another business 
and they want to transition out of the previous business. This mm -hmm. is somewhere where I got stuck for several years until I found my own answer to it, which is what I do now. Mm -hmm. What? How can one use marketing or what other tactics, advice would you have for somebody who, uh, let, me, let me give you an example of this. I remember if you go back about 10 years or so, back when website conversion consulting was actually a major separate discipline, I entered the ranks of that. I started a website conversion consulting firm, which did quite well. Before mm -hmm. that, I owned a web development firm, which I shut down. So there was a conference in San Diego I was going to in 2011. I had just uh, gotten to the point where all the assets for the website conversion consulting firm were up and running. We were off to the races. And this was going to be my big coming out party for my website conversion consulting company. Well, I get mm -hmm. to the event and one of the early speakers is a previous client of mine from back when I used to do the web development stuff five years earlier. And so mm -hmm. she thinks she's doing me some kind of favor by noticing me in the audience and then telling the audience how, how good I was at squeeze pages. And if you're still using the term squeeze pages, you're really dating yourself. And then she actually claimed that she mailed her, she mailed a box of business cards to me that she had collected from people at events and had entered them in one shopping cart. And I actually had to stand up in the middle of that and say, folks, this never happened because I would have fired her if she had even asked me to do that. Because that's just, that, 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 that form of, that form of assumptive, assumptive consent was never a good thing. I mean, even way before mm. GDPR and all this other stuff. Yeah. So here's the damage it did. I was trying to have mm. conversations about website conversion consulting. And, and it would, uh, and, People would actually like, you know, give me that waving dismissive gesture and say, yeah, 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 we have experts for that. How much for a squeeze page? I never <laughs> spoke with her again after that. Believe me, I was not happy at all. So that's my story. And it seemed like for years and years and years, I kept getting pegged in this. I mean, I went from uh, website conversion consulting. Once that started to become more of a duh than a separate discipline, I moved to product launches and I was a, I was a product launch maestro for hire for two years and it was fun. And then I ultimately ended up where I am now, which is working with entrepreneurs to help them launch their podcasts, their key networking, client attraction, celebrity expert branding tool. About, which is what you love to do, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, yeah. and, and one of our sweet spots is we work with clients who want to enter a new market where they have, where they don't yet have clients, they don't yet have case studies, they don't yeah. yet have really a track record, and have them host a podcast about that topic. And who are some of their mm. early interview guests? Their clients, yeah. their prospective clients, people who could be clients of their firm or, or their whatever it is they do. They interview prospective affiliates and business allies to build their network. And by becoming a portal of information about that thing that they want to become known for, they establish a reputation in the market, even as they're in the prospect of attracting customers. Gee, if I had known about podcasting in 2011, would life have been a little bit different for me? <laughs> so, yeah, of course. Launching a podcast properly is not easy, but go ahead. I would suggest something before, before, uh, before that. I would suggest if somebody has an idea, 
you should step on top of it. Like you should see your ideas in a different angle, in a different perspective, you know, and okay. asking yourself, asking yourself question, is this really something that it could work? Is it something that I should try or not? But, you know, being a little bit detached from the, from the idea itself, you know, like, and then for sure, you know, uh, testing, testing and asking question. I, I got so many, so many clients uh, that, you know, uh, sometimes we work even with startups and so on. And when I ask, hey, guys, did you, how many time are you testing? How many time did you ask questions to your potential clients? Oh, wow, lots of time. I mean, at least 20, 30 people we, we interview and so on. And this is the biggest mistake that many do. Many believe that they have an idea. They just ask uh, friends and family. Maybe they reach 100 people. They ask those 100 people. They told them, oh, yes, that's, that's a good idea. In real, not. In real, if you have a new idea, you pick up the phone and for a month, you call people eight hours a day. And then you understand if your ideas could could work. And actually, even before doing the idea, you could even start to sell the idea and and you know understand how how it's gonna work. And if you have only one percent of those people that you will call and say, "Hey, yes, I like it, and I'm ready to pay now," then yeah. you are then you then you understand. Ah, okay, it's the time that I have to switch from my old business to my new business. And of course, another thing that I suggest, never jump, never jump too crazy. I mean, keep, keep at the beginning one, one, one foot on one side, one foot on the other side. Hard work for a couple of months. Try to understand if the new ideas could be your next level in life and then step completely on the new idea, on the new business that you want to launch. Well, correct. And you know, what's funny is, when people ask their friends and family, we are all, we're all familiar with that cliche. Uh, yeah. Your friends and family are actually the least likely to ever buy from you. Believe me, I've tried to market services to friends and it just doesn't work out, man. I, I tell you, I, I heard a saying somewhere. I don't know who rightfully has the attribute for this. So if, if somebody's listening and they know who the actual author of this quote is, please write in and tell me and I will praise them for saying it is you have a much better chance of becoming friends with your clients than you do of turning your friends into clients. Uh, absolutely. I totally agree. And you know, it's uh, there is two kind of, you might get two kind of feedback. Unfortunately, because feedback number one is the polite feedback, like your, your best friend is going to tell you, oh, wow, yes, you should do it. It's great, blah, blah, blah. But try to ask the, to that friend, okay, would you pay right now? I'm pretty sure that friend would say 90% of the time would say, no, listen, I'm, I have other business right now to do. Oh, yeah. And the, sec <laughs> and the second one is the one that, you know, they are completely negative. Unfortunately, I had this one with my friends or my close friends and sometimes even with family 
that you know if you have some ideas and you suddenly somebody else they look at you like you go much higher than your friends than your circle and so on suddenly the 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 feedback they might come more negative than positive or neutral but more negative why because suddenly people they feel like oh my gosh jan where where are you going why you are so why you're going why you're dreaming so high hey come down a little bit and so people friends and family sometimes they can give you even not only um polite which doesn't bring anything and but even too negative uh too much negative um uh feedback i don't know if it ever happened to you somebody telling you no come on don't don't do it you will never work and so on well, and what you get around family and friends sometimes, I've seen this phenomenon, is they ask you like 20 questions about what it is you do. They don't really even understand your industry. They're just saying, well, we just want to know more. We just want to know more. And uh, ultimately, it gets to the point where they come up with some punchline. Like back when I was in web development, uh, I mentioned, among other things, as we worked with clients to set up very simple but powerful, flexible e-commerce solutions so they can sell their products and services. And I, and I mentioned that part of this was having them enroll in a shopping cart software. Uh, back at the time, one shopping cart was one of the major ones. They're still around, but there are other players in the market now. And as soon as I said mm-hmm. shopping cart, I'd say, oh, is you mean, you mean like, a, like a buggy at the grocery store? Uh, I mean, <laughs> so what? So here's what I here's what I discovered. When you're in those situations like that, I found I found a, a mechanism that actually helps to bifurcate. Is I'll say something like, well, you know what? This is a a family thing, and I'm really kind of switched off as far as work, or you know, we're we're hanging out as you know, we're we're all buddies here, and yeah, I'm just I'm just not in that work vibe right now. You, you get what I'm saying, pal? So. If you're really interested in this, I'd love to speak with you with it. So how about we get on our phones now and let's uh, set up a, a day and time where you and I can lean in together and focus on learning more about how this works. I'd love to do this with you. I just want to be in a headspace for me to do it most effectively. And you can you can not only deflect that conversation, but anybody else who's going to jump in with their pointless questions who are just going to be annoying, they get the same picture, which is, Hey, if you want to talk business with this guy, be serious about talking business. <laughs> and I've uh, and I've yeah. and I've and I've got friends of friends as clients that way. Wow, that's that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah, it's it's kind of you. You have to be a very you you have to have a, a very strong uh, shift. Like you really yeah. have to sit and and say to the friend, "Hey, sorry, let's let's take apart. Hey, how are you doing? Blah blah blah." just let's let's speak only about business and let me understand if you can help me and sometimes you you really have to shake your friend and say please please tell me the truth please tell me the truth even <laughs> if you don't like this stuff even if you don't like it please have the courage to say hey listen jan shit don't do it or something like that mm-hmm. because this is what what people need you know like uh, if you want to launch a new business this is this is the the crucial thing that you need is the 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 cruel uh, through uh, what people really think because in the end it's people that out there giving you money i mean uh, giving you giving you the business the opportunity to grow the business 
And uh, you know, if this doesn't work, it's uh, you know, it's not family and friends helping you. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And again, uh, and again, you're more likely to become friends with your clients than you are to turn your friends into clients. That's it's it's interesting Absolutely. how that works, but that's just the case. So when I see these memes about support your friends, okay, to a degree <laughs> that's the case. And I and I, I and I found this out. Um, you know, uh, a friend a friend of mine, uh, God rest his soul, he was a, a top forty performing artist, and I met him at one of his fan dinners. We ended up becoming friends, like you know, like real friends. At the same time, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have this guy as a client and to uh, and to uh, actually work with him to craft his digital marketing presence. See, I'm learning. And I found out after about five tries, he just didn't want to. Talk, he just wanted, didn't want to speak about that with me. It's hmm. because he, he viewed me as somebody who was a buddy, who was a pal, somebody who yeah. who he associated with when he wasn't thinking too much about work. However. Mm. He referred two clients to me, one of which I closed. It was a big ticket. So think about how your friends and family, while they may not understand what you do and why it may not necessarily even be a good idea to work with them, because now you may be mixing relationships more than perhaps you should given your tolerance levels, because they be advocates for you. Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 think yeah. about rare. Yeah, so think about rather than selling those Cutco knives to to Aunt Janie, think about uh, who Aunt Janie knows who might want to buy the knives. Yeah, if we want to, if we want to use yeah, that analogy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you know you have to you have maybe even to ask in a different way because to to your auntie, maybe she uh, doesn't listen to you, but maybe somebody else selling the, the same, did you say knives? Knives, yeah. <laughs> uh, sell, yeah, selling the same knives. Maybe the neighbors say, goes directly to your auntie and say, hey, listen, I have great knives, great knives. Look look at them. What, what do you think? You want to buy one? And you never had the courage to, you know, to ask directly and, and strong to your uh, to your family and friends, but another thing that I wanted to say is uh, it's funny. I don't know if it happened to you. I it happened to me a couple of times that people you understand the great feedback, the best feedback, how people reply to you, yeah. and how people reply. I mean, uh, there is people that they listen, they listen just to reply. <laughs> so like yeah. when you start a conversation you see in their eyes that they are ready to tell you something even if you didn't explain yet what you're doing what's your new business or what you what you what what you want to say and and those are the people that they already have a standard a standard answer for you and most of the time it can be oh yes it's going to be good don't worry blah 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 and on the other side there is family and friends as well people that they really um, if you explain your, uh, if you explain your, uh, your product, your service and so on, and people don't reply immediately, but there is those few seconds of silence that they try to understand. Those are the people that you have to trust the more, the most. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. uh, it can be friends, it can be clients and so on, but it's, uh, it's so, it's so interesting. It happened to me so many times. 
that there is some people that they listen to reply and some other that they really listen to understand. For some reason, I'm thinking of somebody I knew years ago. His job was he was he was a salesman. He sold plastic cups to restaurants and bars, you know, like plastic cups you put drinks in. Yeah. So he told a story about a time that he went into a restaurant uh, that was that was within this territory and they placed an order for some eight ounce cups some 12 ounce cups cups some 16 ounce cups and mm-hmm. the next thing he said is what about four ounce cups you need some four ounce cups now four ounce cups are about the size of a shot glass but simply because he mentioned very casually hey you need any four ounce cups it got them thinking, what could we do with a four-ounce cup? They ended up buying, like, a whole box of them. Because hmm. there are a lot of things you can do with four-ounce cups. You can use them as shot glasses. You can use them to give away samples. You can use them to uh, serve small – you can use them to serve, like, small portions of snacks. You can use them to serve condiments. I mean, the, the, the use for them just goes on and on and on. But uh, – just because he happened to ask off him, hey, you need any four ounce cups? Yeah, yeah. Ended yeah. up getting a nice bump on his order. It's just the idea that you introduce something to someone they never necessarily thought of can get them thinking yeah. creatively. Absolutely, we go into sale here, and uh, I love I love this conversation. I mean, it's uh, sometimes you know you have to dare and try to understand what you, how you could solve a problem. Maybe there is people that they have a problem, but they still don't know that they have it. So it's uh, that, that kind of, uh, you know, uh, something in between pushing and not pushing too much. But you see, he made a great, a great thing. It, I mean, it, was, uh, it was an offhand comment. He happened to also yeah. sell four-ounce cups. He just say, you need anybody? You need any? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like this, this is another... This is another uh, great, I mean, I love, I don't know, I don't know if you do, but I love, uh, I love cold calling. I mean, it's, uh, uh, no. I, I, I really, you, really you, love cold calling. You and, you, and I di- <laughs> you and I differ, but actually, that's a great place for this conversation to wrap up because we have about five more, more minutes. I would like to hear okay. a new point of view. See, this is what, this is another value of podcasting, having mastermind level conversations, is you may find yourself seeing a new point of view. I have not met many people who actually love cold calling and will spontaneously oh. enter that thought into a conversation. <laughs> so oh. please, John, tell us. I got my pad of paper and two pens out. I'm ready to take notes. Go. Cool. So just very, very short. I can tell you one thing. If it goes about cold calling, first of all, you know, it's all in, in percentage. Like if you call 100 or if you call 1,000 people and so on, it's not, it's not my main job doing that. But, you know, sometimes I call many people. The trick that I can give is that you have to count the no's. Like you have to count all the no, 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 no. And you have to have a list. So I have a list of 100 people. And you have to say yes every time somebody give you a no. I'm not interested. No, sometimes even very, very rude, uh, rude way. But count, make a, make a little cross on 99 of them because number 100, he will say yes. 
So if you think in a, this way, like uh, you have a list and you are proud of the people that they deny, the people that they say no, because once you reach a certain number, usually, usually I do by hundreds, okay? So I'm happy if somebody say me, no, not interested. Okay, next, no, not interested. Next, next, next. Because I want to reach number 100 because number 100 will say yes. And this is, uh, if you think in this way, you are happy to call and people on the other side will feel that you are happy. And by being happy and be honest with the people, you know, suddenly, they feel your energy. They feel that you are not, not trying to sell something very hard or not trying to be annoying them. You cannot imagine how many happy conversation I had lately on my cold calls. And, and really, I, I love because we, we start to say stories and so on. And you keep always gentle. Of course, there is people telling, hey, listen, uh, who the heck are you? Go away and so on. Yeah. But most of the people, believe me, most of the people, if you go with this intention that you are happy about the people that they say to you no in your face, you don't have to take like something negative. The no, it's, it's, uh, it's soon is a yes. And in fact, the no, you should put a K and a W in the end because the real reason why people say no is because they don't know. They don't know you, they don't know your products, and they are not able yet to trust you. So it's a, it's a normal thing that we do as soon as we don't trust anybody. The first instinct is to say no. But in yeah. real, they say, I don't know you. You know, it's, this is the difference. If, if you start to think like this, it's, uh, you will see that your cold call way will uh, you know will get better and better but i think we we are almost done and uh cold call uh, uh we should uh, we should have another call for just uh, speaking only about the call call <laughs> well maybe yeah, maybe we can have you back for an encore in a few months here uh, uh let, let's keep that in mind so what i want to do now is i want to invite all of our listeners uh john john filippo floridia is has been uh -huh. our guest today or john filippo Floridia, forgive yeah. me. Um, so 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 <laughs> no excited problem. by this conversation and and uh, seeing a new point of view about cold calling. You want to visit his website. It's www.floridia.com. And uh, our United States listeners, that's not spelled too much differently from Florida, except with an extra D and an extra I. Let me do it for you. www.floridd ia.com floridia.com it's a really interesting website it's got pictures of super mario brothers on the homepage. that in itself should be <laughs> sufficient reason for you to at least check it out i love nostalgia trips myself so check that out uh there are some resources for you there are some connections for you you can discover more about how to use digital marketing to grow your business see i'm gonna break myself of that habit and there you go if you also find yourself cool. intrigued about working with John, you just scroll down that page and you'll find the opportunity to find your way onto his calendar so that you can have a 30-minute conversation that would actually be a warm conversation when you mentioned you heard him on the Business Creators Radio Show. And once again, www.flirtia.com. With that, 
With that, with that, my friend, John Filippo Floridia, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Adam, thank you. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.